Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Know the News podcast, a production of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette Newsroom. I'm Dave Perosic, your host today, here to offer you a preview of the content we have planned for you in this weekend's newspapers. Our topic today is downtown Benville. If you're familiar with downtown Benville, you know it's seen considerable growth over the past 10 to 15 years. Uh, there's always some kind of construction going on, it seems, and and new businesses and homes popping up all the time. Reporters Mike Jones and Tracy Neal have a story coming in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette this weekend that looks at how and why downtown has changed as much as it has in a relatively short time. Mike is our reporter on the Benville City Beat, and he is with us here today. Mike, thanks for being here. Uh, thank you for having me, Dave. I also want to introduce a few other special guests joining us. Two of them are from Downtown Benville Inc., a nonprofit organization that promotes the area. Andrew Heath is the group's executive director, and Dana Schlagenhaft is communications director. Andrew and Dana, glad you could join us. Thank you very much for the invitation. Yeah, thanks for having us. Also with us uh, is Rod Sanders. Rod is chairman of the Benville Planning Commission. How are you, Rod? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Great. So, um, Mike, I want to start with you as the main author of this story that we have coming. Uh, you and I started talking about a story on downtown Benville several months ago. Uh, can you talk about that, the process that you went through, and perhaps how the story evolved as you went about your reporting? Uh, yeah, Dave, I, you and I had talked about it around Christmas of last year. You know, we were trying to uh, tie in something with uh, 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 t 10 years of, of, of Crystal Bridges being downtown um, uh, or opening. And um, it, it, it took a little time once we, once we started you know, discussing what we wanted to do and what we wanted to look at and who we wanted to talk to. And, and I think what we've come up with is a 30,000 square foot view of downtown, if you will. It doesn't take into account every event that happens downtown, every new building that's been built downtown or every new restaurant that's open. But it looks at, you know, trends of why people are moving downtown, um, uh, why businesses are locating downtown. And it looks at some of the uh, people who work and live downtown, um, and just kind of just uh, talks about some of the bigger projects that people might see as, as the skyline is changing with downtown Bentonville with uh, the Peloton building and the ledger and uh, things like that going on. But I, I think through all of the reporting, what has come through of what makes Bentonville unique, and this has been come from many people that we interviewed was it's the people. It's not the buildings. It's not. It, it's not it, it's not the it's not the trails or the parks. It's the people that go to these events that go out to eat, and that's not not. And I think it's not just uh, downtown Bentonville, uh, but uh, but Bentonville itself. But I think that come through from a lot of residents that, if whether it's a downtown business owner talking about how the downtown business owners work together, to talking about residents who you know have seen neighbors come and go and have made long term friendships throughout the years. But I I, I think the one thing that come through is that it's it's Downtown is very friendly, both to the locals and to people who come here to visit by the, the thousands. Now, Andrew and 
Dana, uh, for either one of you who wants to answer this, could you give us a quick summary of uh, Downtown Benville Inc. and what you do there? Absolutely, happy to. Um, so Downtown Benville Incorporated is a nonprofit. We were formed 20 years ago. We're actually celebrating our 20th anniversary. Uh, and we are tasked with making downtown a destination, a place that people want to come to and visit, uh, they want to live, want to shop, want to uh, play, have a good time. So uh, we primarily oversee the Bentonville Farmers Market, which is, takes place every Saturday and uh, Thursday. And we also have a year round app uh, that you can pick up produce throughout the season and, and the year, actually. Uh, we also do the first Fridays, which have become a staple in this town. Uh, we'll see 7,500 people come out every first Friday and just spend time together as a community. Uh, we also uh, organize the holiday parade uh, each Christmas and also the big lighting of the square. Um, and then throughout the year, we kind of sprinkle in a couple other events that kind of just welcome people and, and bring the community together to get to know each other a little bit better. Uh, during COVID, we started a storytelling project um, because we couldn't gather face to face, which is basically what we do. Um, so we shifted our mission a little bit to telling the stories of Bentonville, uh, the people who live here, who have lived here a long time and, and who choose to work here. Um, I'd like to turn it over to Dana for a moment. She leads that project and she can talk about the storytelling. And that's really when you talk um, about the people in Bentonville, our, our storytelling allows us to showcase really what makes downtown and the whole city um, a special place to live. And it is the people. And so we've been able to um, share stories of everyone from um, members of the Walton family, um, people that own nonprofits, people that um, are achieving wonderful things because they're utilizing our trails and our, um, our entrepreneurial ecosystem in, in downtown and in Bentonville. So um, as Mike said, that's, that's what we think makes us successful and makes our downtown successful. We just love to amplify that. And so uh, that was kind of the extra layer of DBI is adding a storytelling component as well. And when people um, think of downtown Benville, a lot of people just think of the downtown square, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but downtown is actually a lot more than that. Uh, do you, do you, would you define for us the parameters of downtown, what you look at? Sure. So it, it, there is a technical boundary line, but we expand, you know, as needed. You know, we we go beyond our borders to share to share the downtown story. Um, but right now, we look at it from you know Tiger Street to J Street, uh, Walton to Fourteenth. Um, it encompasses the Crystal Bridges, Amazium, Eighth Street Market. So it does go beyond the square. Uh, we want to make sure that our resources are always uh, used towards the promotion of downtown. Um, but during COVID and, and uh, a couple other seasons, we have brought some of our programming to neighborhoods around Bentonville, um, all around downtown Bentonville, all within the Bentonville limits um, to share the importance of a vibrant downtown. Sometimes bringing, you know, a band and food trucks and some activities to neighborhoods that may be not in the downtown corridor. Um, we do that to promote how great the downtown is and share our programming with other families to entice them to come downtown and experience it on a bigger level. Uh, and Dana, I understand you're Benville native, is that correct? I will say I'm about as native as it comes. Um, yes, I was born in Connecticut, but I moved here when I was seven. So um, well, I would say that's native. That's the only thing I know. Yeah. 
Close enough. How would you uh, describe the difference between downtown as it looks today and downtown as it looked, you know, when you were a kid? Well, and I can go further back. My dad went to Rogers High School, so um, the, their family grew up in Rogers, and I've heard stories about them driving around the Bentonville Square as part of a rivalry and dumping hay in the square so people couldn't drive in it. I hope he doesn't mind if he did that. Um, so the square has substantially changed a lot since then, but even growing up, um, it wasn't somewhere that you gathered Um minus Sugar Creek days and a few events, minus um, going to court, or um, we had choir performances growing up on the square, but it wasn't a place that you thought of to go spend money a lot of times. Um, there wasn't the vibrant um, array of restaurants. There wasn't a lot of retail. Um, so it, it wasn't somewhere we really hung out. In fact, a lot of times we, you know, packed up and drove to Fayetteville to go to the mall or, um, you know, went into other areas because you didn't really shop here or eat here. So it's changed a lot. I mean, I'm now I spend all of my time on the Bentonville square and rarely leave. <laughs> uh, turning to you, Rod, uh, how long have you been on the planning commission now? I've been serving since 14. And what can you tell us about uh, what you've observed about downtown in your planning commission role. Uh, are you seeing more multifamily developments going in, more multi-use developments? Uh, what can you say overall about the way downtown is developing and does the city have a strategy for that? Yeah, we, we do have a good land use plan. Um, the, the one thing that's interesting about our land use plan, it was adopted and like 17 or 18 as soon as that happened then the home office was announced and so in some respects that big energy source that happened there on that kind of in some respects changed um kind of what how some of that was planned and strategized so we've tried to adapt to that and i would say you see lots of projects coming up now like city u you see the project there on central you see the ledger you see lots of um, multi-use projects coming up out of the ground that hopefully we're going to see people living in them 2022-2023 which that's going to be amazing to have 700 new front doors and what that's going to be like having all those individuals and that energy here in our town and not driving a car hopefully too walking yeah we've mentioned a ledger a couple times already uh, just can somebody explain what that's going to be <laughs> The, world, Beautiful. the world's <laughs> first bikeable building. Um, yeah, I can contribute that much. We've, we've looked <laughs> on the inside of it. It has, um, I think they call them switchbacks up the side of one of the sides of the, the building. So it would be something that you could approach and ride your bike all the way to the top. Andrew, you can speak to the actual building yeah. and the plans for it, but I think that's what makes it exceptional and, and what they can market uh, you know, across the world. Yeah, it's going to be an exceptional building and we're really excited for it to open up. Um, so it's going to be multi-use space uh, with a little bit of retail. Um, you, you can kind of go in and, and rent an, an office or a conference room. There will be some anchored businesses there that business out of it full time. Um, but I know that one of their 
specific and intentional points is to make it a community building that the community members will be able to access it. They'll have different um, opportunities uh, like outdoor seating areas and gathering spaces, um, but they, they want to make sure that it doesn't feel like a closed off office building. The community can walk in. If you need to rent some space on a temporary basis, they'll, they'll have opportunities for that. Um, and you know we're we're just really excited. I think it's going to be the largest building in downtown Bentonville. Rob can probably comment on that better than I when it comes to square footage um, outside of home office, maybe the existing home office. But uh, it's going to change the skyline. That's for sure. It already has uh, the skyline in downtown is definitely changing with that. And then the Howard is opening up towards the entrance on Central, um, and with the Peloton building, you know we're, we're definitely the city is going up. Uh, more than it's expanding, uh, uh, it's 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 elevating towards the sky, which I think is really exciting. And likewise, the Peloton. Do you have in, insight about that? I have less information about that. I don't think it's been as public. I think that's going to be privately occupied. Um, Rod, I don't know if you have more information when it comes to that. Um, the Peloton building that's in that the parking garage and there's going to be commercial yeah. space down below. That's what's adjacent to the um, neighborhood market. Correct. Um, yeah. Yes. So yeah, that's um, that's public space down below. I guess commercial space and the parking, you know, shared parking for the Nazarene Church and for also for I guess for Walton Enterprises across the street. So kind of a joint venture there. Hey, Andrew. This is Mike. Uh, along the same lines, would you um, talk about parking as well? I mean, I, I think a benefit to downtown Bentonville has always been free parking. Yes. I I, I think it's been said that you know. Uh, you know, the, we don't have a, a parking problem. We may have a walking problem sometimes, but there's there's lots of there's lots of free lots and lots of and then you have you know there's uh, the the Peloton has a parking deck going in, I believe. Ledger has a parking deck going in, I believe. I believe plans have been announced for a small parking deck across the street from the county administration building downtown by the uh, Off Street Parking District Number Three. I mean, what, what kind of, and then you have, you know, Crystal Bridges is, is, has their lot going in, Momentary has theirs open. Uh, did you ever think you'd see this much downtown parking in Bentonville? No, and I'm really grateful for it, to be honest. Uh, we, we do, you know, parking can be a challenge depending on where you want to park. So you want to park on the square, that's going to be a little bit more challenging. You want to park a block away from the square, which really isn't a difficult or, 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 or unpleasant walk. Uh, because all our whole downtown area is so nice to walk around with. It's very accessible. Um, but yeah, we have we have a we have a walking issue and then we have a, a parking issue as, as well as as we're creating new parking garages that could be using some of our existing parking spaces. So we have the parking deck, the multi parking deck that's going in, uh, not connected to the ledger, but immediately adjacent to the ledger. That's a I believe like a five story building. Now they're, they're creating that over an existing single uh, uh, ground level lot. So we've lost that ground level lot while we're building that larger parking deck. Uh, so when that opens up, that will be a relief for the city. I have heard uh, talk of, I think, as many as five parking uh, garages that will be opening in downtown Bentonville within the next year or two, 12 to 24 months. And I do think that's going to be a huge benefit for us because I do think that there is community members that are discouraged from coming to our first Fridays or our farmers markets. Uh, maybe some of our older community members that don't want to ha have to walk uh, a block or two or three blocks to get to our events. Uh, so we're really excited that once these decks open up, 
uh, it'll it'll open up more opportunities for us to gather uh, with with members that maybe we haven't been gathering with in the past because they felt a little discouraged. Just to add to Andrew's point, um, you know, we also speak to small business owners downtown, and there are growing pains when you have a lot of people pouring in downtown, especially during big events. Um, so there's been some struggles with making sure that customers are able to park close by um, and access a store that they want to go purchase something and then jump in their car and leave. And so, you know, we're navigating that as well and figuring out ways that we can offer solutions to downtown businesses so that they feel supported as well. Um, Cause the foot traffic's great, but we want to make sure that that customers are able to get to the stores they want to shop in. COVID made it so that there was always parking available <laughs> around the square. Uh, but now as businesses are opening back up and people are, are going uh, to restaurants more and shopping in person more, uh, we are seeing that they're filling and, and uh, it can be a challenge from time to time. Uh, but if you're patient and you drive around a little bit, I can guarantee you that you will find a spot. Uh, it just may be a block or a half a block a little further than what you were looking for. And if you have the ability, park somewhere outside and either bike in or use an electric scooter. Yeah. <laughs> there have been things we've seen people do that have been effective. Another issue that Mike's story addresses is the affordability of downtown. Mm -hmm. um, one interesting tidbit uh, comes from a realtor who says his company just sold a decades old shotgun house, teardown house on a 50 foot by 100 foot lot for uh, nearly 700 thousand uh, dollars <laughs> land across northwest arkansas is getting more and more expensive and certainly downtown is no exception but um, and this is a question for any of you who wants to jump in is is, it, is there a reason for concern about that and and if so what can be done about it well yeah, I'll, I'll jump yeah please no. go ahead yeah, what, what we need is um, a lot of times what we're happening is we need more multifamily. We need more front doors. So we need places where there is zoned and for its land use for more of a higher density. We need that to be um, the higher density. What we're happening is some places where people are coming in and they're buying and building a single family home. And so every time that happens, we lose just, you know, a little bit more opportunity for density. So that impacts it and the market's going to take care of itself. Um, there's where that'll over time that will work itself out and but rod is there any are there I, talking to some realtors they said they know there's just no big usable plots of, of downtown anymore that you know you have to build up to get the most value for your buck but there's not a big place to where you could put 400 apartments is that kind of what you're seeing oh yeah yeah the, the large parcels are pretty well all gone but that's 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 good though you you walk in a kind of a walkable area like downtown Chicago, you you see your single family homes um, and then on your corner, you don't see the large complexes. You may see like 14 units and that's a little bit more community. I think that's a little bit more, that's, that has a better look to it. Um, so I think we're, we're designed where we can do that and do that well. Rod, along those same lines, you know, uh, having covered planning commission, you're starting to see a lot more of the 
you know, as, as the development comes in around Bentonville, you're starting to see, I don't want to say pushback, but you're starting to see concern from single family homeowner groups who maybe live downtown in Bentonville for 30 or 40 years that it's not, it's a, you know, you're, you're starting to see some opposition to some of these projects that come up. I mean, how, how do you, how does the city council go? I know a lot of it comes up in rezone and I've heard you say, Hey, it's, it's the best use of the land at this time. You know, I know that's been discussed several times, but how do you do, how do you strike that balance between old timers who like the, their neighborhood as it's always been and the development that's not slowing down? Well, what we're really seeing is it's not so much the people that have been here, but pay people that move in. Like I can think of an example of a gentleman that bought a home on a street and he didn't know the land use around him. And he came in and didn't want this, this, this multi-use to happen next to him, but that's what the land use plan called for. And so just, you know, sharing that with him, we have a good planning staff that just tried to inform, educate and spend time. So our, um, we just have, we, we, one thing we can't do in this community is come in and build our house and want to close and shut the door and not allow anyone else in. We always have to have the mentality is there's room for one more. And we just, as a planning commission, we have to kind of make sure we're, we're encouraging that and, and making sure communicating that and you know, just doing good planning, you know, not, not letting that happen. Thank you. A healthy downtown is dependent on that um, residential uh, accessibility from what's around it. So, you know, these these multi-use properties are essential to maintaining a downtown uh, that's going to be vibrant and and uh, successful and uh, economically sustainable. Uh, if we start, if our population starts to decline in our downtown. Uh, we're going to see businesses not be able to stay. Uh, so, you know, projects like Crystal Flats that have, um, you know, the, the, the owners there are going, uh, taking it upon themselves to offer some affordable housing options, uh, workforce housing, as they refer to it. You know, more projects like that are going to be essential for getting more people in and people of different economic uh, abilities. You know, we don't want to become just a city of the wealthy that can afford to be here. Uh, we need to, to run the scale from the, the, the workers that are working in, in our restaurants downtown and in our retail, um, all the way to the, the owners of those buildings, you know, being able to live within the same community. And, and I know that this is a, a priority of some of the, you know, decision makers of, of Bentonville uh, to, to look at this housing issue and, and come up with some opportunities and possibilities so that we don't become um, either a dead downtown because there's no foot traffic or a downtown of just the wealthy. Yeah, well, um, thank you for your input on that, all of you. Um, I don't think anyone would argue that Crystal Bridges has had a big effect on downtown and the traffic there, but uh, um, what other factors could you point to that uh, would help explain the boom downtown has seen? I would go back. Rod had mentioned the land use plan. I mean, I think I think a lot of very good decision making was made uh, throughout the last decade with the master plan, the master down down plan, the downtown plan. Excuse me, uh, the uh, the land use. Uh, you know, there's there's been an intentional way of setting up our corridors and trying to attract the businesses and the residential areas that we need to make a vibrant downtown. 
Uh, Crystal Bridges absolutely has been an anchor. I, I think it was recently reported that 6 million visitors have gone through Crystal Bridges. So that is fantastic for our retail shops because those visitors are, are going to come in and see Crystal Bridges for a day or two. Uh, but then they're going to want to occupy their time, the rest of their time, uh, eating at our restaurants and shopping in our shops. And the close proximity, it's a natural that they're going to they're wander their way to downtown. Um, and I think that it's the downtown that brings them back. Um, you know, I talked to a lot of people that first visited this area for Crystal Bridges, and then they come back a year later um, and, you know, bring additional friends and family. And they're coming back to look at the downtown, to attend the farmer's markets, to go to the events that we have, uh, maybe to visit the momentary because they're on you know, newsletter lists because they visited Crystal Bridges and they're reading about the new things that are popping up throughout. So, you know, it really is a combination. Crystal Bridges bring in, brings them here, but it's the downtown that, that keeps them here and keeps them coming back. And I would add to that, um, you know, our, our partners at Visit Bentonville do a wonderful job of also showcasing, you know, the culinary offerings downtown. Um, you know, we love and take pride in our farmer's market and our first Fridays, um, but DBI was also very instrumental in the beginning bringing music downtown. And now you see a lot of different um, pop-up music experiences. So, you know, we have art galleries downtown now, which are wonderful complement as people come in to see Crystal Bridges and see the momentary. Um, so I think even as you see Crystal Bridges as that catalyst, um, the fallout from that, you know, the ripple effect of all these different investments that have just made this area, um, you know, Crystal Bridges is, is a great destination, but there's so many more things now people are realizing um, are, are really a great thing that downtown can showcase. Hey, Dana, along those lines, how, how do you how do you strike that balance between, you know, you, you hear the we want it to still be a small town and 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 that sort of thing. But how do you strike the balance between old and new downtown? I, you know, several people have talked about, you know, Dave Peel Park is such an anchor to downtown and it's been there, you know, forever. It seems like, you know, how, how many kids have, have played there and things like that. And people said, you know, I love Dave Peel Park, but I love all the new stuff that's going in as well. How do you strike that balance between old and new? Uh, I think it's two things. It's the people. It's our job as people that grew up here to share what made this experience so special growing up and make sure that we maintain that and and value that and share that as more people come into this area. And I think they're absorbing it and celebrating it and wanting to be a part of it. So I don't see um, more people enjoying the Bentonville experience changing Bentonville as much as us really changing lives now that they're here. Um, also, you know, it's neat to have a balance downtown. I posted something on our social media yesterday, Overstreet Jewelry. Um, they were open, they opened their doors downtown in 1948. Um, the things that they've seen downtown and the growth that they've experienced, we have to make sure that we, while we love sharing the new um, experiences, the culinary offerings, um, Miss Overstreet was my sixth grade teacher. So I'm going to share that as well and make sure that people know that those businesses have sustained our downtown through the years and they need to continue to be part of downtown as well. But again, to your point, Mike, it goes back to the people and, and just sharing the, the culture and, and what makes authentic an authentic Bentonville experience. Well, this has been a good discussion. I appreciate the perspectives from each of you. Um, is there anything else that any of you want to Add that uh, we haven't touched on, and you want to get a chance to throw in there. 
Well, I think just to complement what Dana said, we just have to have that, that thought, that process. There's always room for one more, that we never close the door, that we're always looking on just who's that, who's the next resident of Bentonville going to be. And that we always have that open attitude, open arms attitude for them. I agree with that. Again, thanks to each of you. Really appreciate the time. And uh, good luck on your future endeavors. Thank you. Come see us downtown. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you all for, for helping us out. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Again, you can read Mike Jones and Tracy Neal's story about downtown Benville this weekend. I want to tell you about just a few of the other things you'll find in the paper this weekend. Common Ground, Arkansas, a group made up of people from both sides of the political aisle, formed last year in an effort to restore civility and common sense to the state legislature. With primary elections less than a month away, our politics reporter, Doug Thompson, takes a look at what Common Ground has been up to and how it's encouraging Arkansans to pay attention to and vote in the primaries. Lorenda Jinks will have a story about the city of Springdale preparing to spend $1 million over the next few months to overlay some of its crumbling streets in the south central part of the city. And earlier this month, it was announced that Huntsville school officials would not be charged for not immediately calling the child abuse hotline to report allegations of sexual abuse among some junior high school boys. Prosecutors said the requirements of the mandatory reporter statute didn't apply in this case because perpetrators were juveniles in part. Courts reporter Ron Wood explores the question of whether the mandatory reporter law needs to be revisited in a story he's working on for this weekend. And down in the River Valley, Sebastian County is looking to vastly expand recreational opportunities at Bob Boyer Park in Midland. Thomas Sente has that story. And from Fort Smith, Monica Brick has a story related to the May 24th vote on a proposed extension of the 1% sales tax, looking at what city officials would do with the money if the extension passes, as well as what they'll have to do if voters turn down the proposal. Speaking of city projects, Fayetteville is ready to launch a second phase of bond projects stemming from a $226 million bond referendum voters approved in 2019. City Council on Tuesday will consider $74 million in bonds to pay for various projects. Our Fayetteville reporter, Stacey Ryburn, will bring you up to speed on that topic. And in our What's Up Entertainment section this Sunday, reporter Monica Hooper talks to musicians Kelly and Donna Mohan of Still on the Hill about their upcoming performance next weekend of their Words on Birds set at Mount Sequoia in Fayetteville for a fundraising event. And Becca Martin-Brown previews The Revolutionists, a play that opens next Friday at Arkansas Public Theater in Rogers. Again, that's just a sampling of what we've got planned for our readers this weekend. Don't forget to check back with us all weekend for breaking news on our website at nwaonline.com. Be sure to check back with us next Friday for a new edition of the Know the News, know the News podcast. And if you like it, please subscribe. We're always looking for more subscribers to our podcast. Also, if you're interested in subscribing to our newspaper, that's easy too. Just go to our website at 
nwaonline.com. Click on that subscribe button. Or you can call us at 479-684-5509. Again, that is 479-684-5509. I'm Dave Prozik, your podcast host this week. Thanks for being with us. And until next Friday, so long.